the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're looking at the vision that spurs us on towards love and good deeds and the anticipation of the return of Christ. Next, join us. Without a vision, the people perish. Now, those are words from Scripture. And indeed, without a vision, we have no idea or clue as to who we are, what we're doing, or where we're going. But in Christ, as the body of Christ, we have a vision. And that's what we're looking at today, here on Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Feel rather listless in your spiritual life? Well, today's broadcast is just for you as we take a look at the vision laid out before us as a body of believers, the hope we have in Christ. For more, with this edition of Times of Refreshing, our teacher and pastor now, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. He shares his vision with us. This is the reason why the gates of hell shall not prevail. If God, if he birthed it, then he's going to make sure that it lives. The gates of hell will not prevail. And so God birthed it. We sent out with 15 people and we planted the church. And you guys saw the history. It's just been amazing. But the thing that never, I never forget is this, that this is God's vision. It's what God wants to be seen manifested in the earth. It's not just your good idea. It's not just something that'd be nice to do. This is God's vision. He wants it to be manifested in the earth. You take that, you embrace it, you internalize it, you share it, and then God begins to to cause it to grow and to mature. And this is what we've seen God do. But I want to say this once again. Hear me, saints. The gates of hell shall not prevail. People can do all their talking in the earth, and, and we have wars and rumors of wars we have isis we have all kinds of stuff going on but when i when i see those things my heart obviously hurts but then something inside me just begins to and i want to just say this uh my my heart just begins to become overwhelmed with with god's blessing in knowing that i don't care what the media says I don't care what anybody says. Jesus Christ said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can I have an amen? You you can blow up what you want, but the gates of hell shall not prevail. It's going to live. The church is going to survive. You're going to survive. The people of God are going to survive. And let me just say this and put this out in the atmosphere In the end, we win. Can I have an amen? In the end, the church is going to win. I don't care what anybody says. In the end, the church is going to win. It's over. It's done. The devil knows his time is short. That Jesus is the one that is the omnipotent one. 
Jesus is the one that said, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against what I'm building. Now, you might build some other stuff and it may not make it. But if you are part of the church, you get incorporated within the church, you get plugged in, you get anchored, you get rooted and grounded in God's teachings. You're going to survive. And it has to be clear in our minds and people need to know this. I don't care what kind of trouble. And we had trouble even, like I said, we've had trouble in this church and people thought we weren't going to make it. The devil is a lie. We're going to make it. We have made it. We're going to keep on making it. And we're going to keep on seeing God change people's lives because this is God's church. But you got to know that you got a vision that came from God. And it wasn't just your idea. Let's move on from that. Let's go to the book of Habakkuk, and I want to show you this, and I think this will be really good, and we're going to close with this. Habakkuk, this is a minor prophet. God used mightily. Some of you are scrambling around in your Bibles. You'll find it. Chapter 2. And listen to what he says here, because this is, this is what happens when you really get vision, and God begins to, he begins to move. And this is what true vision should do, not only for a local church, but also for your family, for your business. This is what vision does when you really have something that comes from God. He says in verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1, he says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. He said, the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. He says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Somebody say appointed time. He says, but at the end, it, the vision will speak and it will not lie. He says, though it tarries, wait for it. He says, because I, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. He says, behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. But the just shall live by his what? Faith. He says in verse 2, the Lord answered, and, answered me and said, he says, write the vision. Okay? This is the thing that we have done here at the church. We've written down the vision. This is what God wanted to see. Here at the well, we want to be a habitation of God through his spirit. A dwelling place to reveal the glory and power of God. When people come to this church, we don't want them just to learn about God. We want them to experience his presence. This is one of the reasons why we take so much time in worship. And we just, we just go for it. And we just linger. And we just keep going. And we just keep worshiping. Because we want to make sure that God is manifest in this place. And that God is here. Amen. And there's a certain way in which you get God in your midst. is by worshiping. We don't have a time limit on our worship here at the church. We just say go. You guys just go and, and, and then, you know, whenever the Lord nudges me to go up, I'll go up. Because we, because we want God to be revealed. And I want to say this. The Word of God, we love the Word of God. But one of the most important thing we can do when we come to church is worship the King. It's a shame that some churches don't spend time. They, you got 15 minutes, you're done. Well, what if God doesn't show up? Number two, a community of extravagant lovers of God and each other. 
One of the things that we've tried to do here at the church, and I want to remind you, is we try to, to help people understand what true biblical agape is. There's a love that's being promoted that is not biblical, and it's not love. And so what we've tried to do is really hammer away what love for God really love looks like and what love for people really looks like. Love for people doesn't mean you just give them what they want and do whatever they want. That's not, we want to find God's view of love and communicate that and continue to build that, our love for God and then our love amongst each other. And I can say that the first two points, we see God doing this. There's a lot of love in this church. Even times when people don't think it's love, it's love. And God's presence is here. We want to continue to cultivate that and see God manifest this in his house. A house of prayer for all nations. Point number three that God spoke to me about. That this church will be a multi-ethnic church. That we have people from all over. And you look around, like I said earlier, and we've done this. And it would be a church that, that prays and sees people of all ethnicities praying and cultures praying. We're a praying church. We've always prayed. If you got a problem, call. We'll pray. A lot of times people think about you and they think that's prayer. Do you hear what I just said? <laughs> people, people think about you and they think that's prayer. That's not prayer. Don't just think about the person. Oh, I feel bad for them. Pray for them. Can I have an amen? A house of prayer for all nations. We start off. This is what we want. This church is going to be multi-ethnic. How are you going to do that? I don't know. God's just going to do it. And I look around this room now. I mean, a lot of you, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where you came from. God just brought y'all. And I say, praise the Lord. It's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Amen. Because it's his church. He draws people. And you let him draw. A community of worshipers who prevail by worshiping in spirit and in truth. We established this years ago that we we're going to be a worshiping church, just like I said. We're going to worship God. And sometimes you're going to come here and we're going to worship for, our, for 30 minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes 45 minutes. Some, just take your shoes off. Or don't wear those high heels that are about that high. So your feet won't hurt. Because you know we're going to worship God. And you're going to be standing. And so we worship though. Because God is worthy to be worshipped. He's worthy to be praised. He's wor- Can I have an amen? He's worthy. He's worthy. <laughs> Community of defenders and lovers of the truth. We're not going to be brawlers and arguers. But we will defend that which is right. We're going to stand for truth. We're going to love truth. Love truth enough. To stand beside truth, regardless of what people say or regardless of what people think. We're going to stick to the biblical tenets and that which God has given doctrine through his word. And God is going to continue to manifest his word. One of the things that I love, and you have to understand about me, saints, is is that I am a local church guy. I was raised up in a local church. I love the local church. I love local churches. Churches that have been established by God, I love them. My life was changed through a local church. I love it. I love it. Because this is what God, he says, I'm coming back for my church. 
And the gates of hell are not going to prevail. I was, and me and my wife, my wife will tell you, we, we, were, we, we, raised, we were raised up in the church. First church that I ever really attended. I lived in Alameda. I would drive to Sacramento sometimes twice a week to go to that church. I loved it. I would get there. The service, the Sunday school would start at 9. I would get there at 8. I would beat the people that lived in Sacramento there. And I'd be sitting there hungry. Like, feed me, boy. I'm ready. I loved it. I love local church. And in the local church, it is the pillar and the ground of the truth. That's what the scripture said. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. So we defend truth. And we love the truth. A, a community of deliverance and healing. One of the first things that we did when we planted this church is we started casting out demons. A lot of them. And we don't apologize. Because these demons are destroying people's lives. And you can't counsel them out. You have to cast them out. In Jesus' name. And so we, we came on the scene and we started off. And, and a lot of earlier back in those days, I was doing most of the, of the grinding away and working. But we've raised up a team. We have a deliverance ministry here at the church. And we see people come and get their lives changed. And get free from bondages and addictions and all kinds of depression and heaviness and, and bitterness and anger and spirits of lust and perversion and pornography. We cast these demons out of people and we ask God to come in and fill them with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so, but this is a part of we're deliverance and healing, seeing people's lives healed and changed, people physically healed in this church. We see God do it and we've, from the very beginning, this has been a part of the mission. This has been part of the vision that this is what we're going to do. And we've seen God do it. Last one is a, is a community of priests and kings to our God. There's a marketplace aspect, and this is the king aspect that we embrace. My prayer is, is that everyone in this room, everyone watching through, t- through uh, internet, television, radio, listening, that God would prosper you in the land. That you would be a king in the land. That God would use you, elevate you. Put wealth into your hands and use you in the marketplace to push back darkness and advance the kingdom of God. And to see God's church advanced even in the marketplace. That the people of God are prospering. And the priests, that everyone also embraces their service or their priestly responsibility to serve in the house of God. That there's a priestly aspect to who we are. That you would serve in the marketplace, but then you would also serve in the house of God. That you would serve in the church. It's one of the reasons why I, as your pastor, that I try to, I serve in this church, but I, I want to get out into my community. This is why I'm coaching football and being a chaplain over at the Raiders and doing these things. Why? Because I want to get out where the people are. I want to go catch some fish. I want to do both. I don't want to just do one. And all of us should have this healthy balance that God would use us. So you write the vision, he says. We've done that. Embrace this. If you're a member of this church, this is, this is your vision. This is what God brought you into. You're a part of this. He said, make it plain on tablets. He says that he may run who reads it. Now take the vision and run with it. God used me to run with it. And so many thousands of people through this ministry have run with the vision and are running with the vision. 
He says here, he says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. That the vision, when the time was right, it was birth, and we see the success of the ministry. When I first came to Pastor David, and I said, hey, this is what I think I want to do. And he said, take that and put it on the shelf. I said, okay. I didn't say, he's trying to block me. The devil trying to block me. He's trying to hold me back. He's he trying to stop the, he, he, he trying to, he, because I, under, I was raised up in a local church, so I know how to deal and operate in a local church. If my pastor said, no, just wait, I said, okay, praise the Lord. I want to be sent. I don't want to be just went. Can I have an amen? And then he sent me. When he said it was time, it was for an appointed what? Time. The time was right. When the time was right. Praise the Lord. He says, but at the end, it will speak. And it will not lie. When God gives you a vision or when God places you within a church that has vision, it is going to declare itself. The fruit of the ministry is going to speak for itself. You don't have to defend it. It's going to talk by the fruit that it bears. It's going to speak. And it's not going to lie. People can say what they want to say about the church. But the church is going to continue to live, saints. If the Lord tarries when we're far gone, we're going we're gonna to hear the testimonies and, and learn about the testimonies of how God used his church way beyond our lives. It's going to speak. Because Jesus is the one who spoke it into existence. He says, though it tarries... He said, wait for it. He says, because it will surely, somebody say surely. Surely God is going to bring to pass that which he has spoken. He says, it will not tarry. But the thing that we want to do is make sure that we're not walking proudly. We're walking by faith and in humility. You know, I want to close this by by saying this, saints. Uh, I, I, I thank God that this church is not a visionless church. We are a church that has a vision from God. We have a mandate. Uh, I have, I tell people all the time, they say, Pastor, why did you retire from professional sports? I said, you know what? It was not a matter of reason. It was a matter of obedience. It didn't make sense to a lot of people, but it made perfect sense to God. And obedience is better than sacrifice. God takes your obedience and he responds. And I think for all of us, we have to see that as we're walking with God. Some things that we go through as a church aren't going to always make sense. But you continue to obey. And you watch God cause his vision to speak in his time. For you as individuals, you, now I've given you a glimpse of, of our corporate vision But for you as individuals, God has given you and wants to give you vision. These same principles you have to apply to your life. You got to write it down. You got to make it plain. There's going to be people that God places in your life that are going to hear the vision. They're going to want to run with you with it. There's other things that God wants to do. It's going to, though it tarry, it's it's going to come to pass. All these things that we just cited here in 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 this Bible... This is part of your person. Every husband in this room, 
You need to have a personal vision for your family. If you don't have one, get on your knees and fast and pray and say, God, speak to me about my family. Give me a vision. If you're single in this room right now, God is giving you a vision. Speak to God. Ask him. Your corporate vision, the corporate vision should flow together with the vision that God is speaking concerning your heart, concerning your heart and in your heart. In my office, I have a vision for my family written down. Get it. Pray about it. Seek God because he doesn't want anyone to be visionless. It has to be corporate and individual. It's not just either or. It's some people have a, a vision for their family, but they don't even know the corporate vision. They work in conjunction with each other. And I'm going to stop, and we're going to pray here in a minute. Abraham gives, God gives Abraham a vision. It was a corporate vision, but then there were some individual things inside of that vision that were specific for him and his family. We see him. God used him mightily. Moses, God gives him a corporate vision for the children of Israel. Then he gives him vision for him and his family. David, I could go on and on about how God spoke to individuals and then God blessed them. But it was all about vision. What do you see? I wrote this down 12 years ago. And I look up because God said, this is what I want to see. And I look up and I see it. It's not perfect, but I see it. God wants us to see. Father, I thank you for vision. Some people are wandering through life aimlessly. They have no church home. They have, they, 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 they're just wandering with their family. Father, I pray today that you would begin to inspire people. And for those who do have vision, and those who are part of the local church and are embracing the church's vision, that even the church's vision would become even clearer to them, that they would see it, that the church, they would take ownership of it. The same way that I've taken ownership and the elders and, and others, that, Lord, we would take ownership of it and run with it. Father, I pray that you would remove any blindness, all spiritual blindness, that you would remove the scales and people would begin to see. Their eyes would be open and that they would see the value of joining a local church and being incorporated within it. And having accountability over their lives and having structure and having someone to watch over their souls. To have a pastor that you would show them the value of that. And that it's just not some religious thing. It's a biblical thing. And that God, you would help us individually to see, even for our families, what we should be seeing. And that God, for our children, that we would prophesy and declare over our children your purpose. That you would, we would prophesy and declare over ourselves your purpose. And that God, destiny would be released through embracing the vision. And Lord, these last 12 years we have been so blessed. Today, we don't want to talk about tomorrow or next year. We want to just embrace today and enjoy what you have done. We want to rest today. We want to reflect. Lord, cause people that are, that are even in the church now to reflect on how they even got here and the journey. 
and to enjoy it. God, you have been so good. And may this church always be a church that gives you the glory. Because we are looking unto Jesus. Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, we love hearing from you. It means a great deal to us knowing that these programs are having their desired effect on your life, spurring you on in Christ, love, and good deeds. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there as well as our online store, and you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. Now, normally at this time, I would invite you to join us for worship here at the well, but at least until May 1st, because of the COVID-19, we're not available to do that at this time. What we are available to do is invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control, and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. God bless.